0: Because when Joseph realized the significance of the moment, he wakes up from the dream and he did what the angel commanded. Who is Jesus to you?
1: Hey, this is Taylor and welcome back to Elevate Retake. We want you to experience faith as the continual everyday process of learning more about the Bible, ourselves, and God. And we believe that this podcast will be just what you need to come to a closer relationship with God. Before we get into today's episode, I just want to remind you that we have got a retake of this message coming to your feed later on this week. And that's where we take an in-depth look behind the scenes and dive deeper into the message. So the episode title of this week is Our God Saves. Your engaged question is, who is Jesus to you? A key passage we will be looking at is found in Matthew 1, verse 21. And she will have a son and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. A key theme we will be taking a look at is Jesus as the embodiment of God's salvation for humanity.
0: And isn't it interesting around this time of year where we set up some Christmas trees and we got a little Bethlehem scene going on that our look back prompts a look forward, right? We look back and remember the first time Jesus came to remember that there's a time coming when he will come again. And I can only imagine what that day is gonna look like. Welcome home. There's always room for one more. Question was asked a moment ago who is Jesus to you? Who is Jesus to you? I invite you to think about that this morning. We're going to be looking at one particular character in the Bible or in the, the story of the nativity that had to wrestle with that question on a very personal basis. And you know, it wouldn't be Christmas without looking towards the baby Jesus, right? Right? In the same way that it's Star Wars now, you can't have Star Wars without the baby Yoda. Yeah? Anybody? No? Okay. But there's one that definitely has a greater significance to our lives than the other. Amen? It's baby Jesus, for anybody that was confused. For anybody that was confused. Well, hey, as we dive into Scripture this morning, we're going to be in Matthew um, chapter 1. We're going to start with verse 1. Before we go there, I invite you to turn uh, or to bow your heads with me as we pray. Hey, God, we're here. We're expecting something great. It's that time of year that we long for some hope, for a little bit of light, and for a little bit of joy. This month has been a long time coming in the year 2020. And God, we do not want it to pass us by without experiencing you in a real way today. So God, as we open your word, as you wrote it for us, I pray that you sit down beside us that we would have ears to hear and eyes to see what you have for your people. Pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Matthew chapter 1 verse 1. This is a record of the ancestors of Jesus the Messiah, a descendant of David and of Abraham. This is where the Christmas story begins. Jesus the Messiah and normally what we do when we approach Matthew and we talk about the, the Christmas story is we skip verses 1 through 17, right? Because in your Bible you've got this incredible list of names that's like, who's this person and who's that? Let's get to the important stuff. But I would offer to you today that this list of names is part of the important stuff, now, I tried to fit it all on one screen for you here. Um, you, can, you can see that. It's, it, it's all there. I took out the begats or the, this person had this son and all that kind of, just the names are present. We're going to go down through these names here in a moment, but think for yourselves, just right here, looking at those names, these names represent more than just letters on a page or on a screen, Right? Each of these people whose names are written in this opening chapter of Matthew had lives. They had families. They were living, breathing human beings with thoughts and feelings. They had families. They had hopes. They had dreams. They celebrated holidays. Maybe even one of them had a weird uh, weird Uncle Joe who falls asleep on the couch after Thanksgiving dinner watching the Cowboys. Okay, maybe not. We get the picture, right? These people were people. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Judah, Tamar, Perez, Hezron, Ram, Aminadab, Nashon, Salmon, Rahab, Boaz, Ruth, Obed, Jesse, David, Bathsheba, Solomon, Rehoboam, Abijah, Asa, Jehoshaphat, Jehoram, Uzziah, Jotham. Ahaz, Hezekiah, Manasseh, Ammon, Josiah, Jehoiakim, Shealtiel, Zerubbabel, Abiud, Eliakim, Azor, Zadok, Akim, Eliud, Eleazar, Nathan, Jacob, Joseph, Mary, Jesus. Should put like a hip-hop rap beat under that, right? We could have we wrapped those names together. But each of these people in a long line represent the heritage and the lineage of Jesus. And often we like to look at the positive characteristics of of Bible characters. And I think that's an admirable thing to do. But we must not forget that there are stories recorded in scripture about these people where they made some bad decisions. Abraham was faithful, right? But he took his wife's servant to be another wife to him. Isaac played family feud before Steve Harvey had a mustache. Okay, maybe not. Jacob tricked his father and his brother. Judah slept with his son's wife. David took another man's wife and then killed her husband, the man that he took his wife from. Solomon had all the wisdom in the Solomon had all the wisdom in the world, but squandered his wealth on material possessions. And after Solomon, we have a cadre of kings that come onto the scene. Some of them good, yes, but a lot of them bad, doing evil in the sight of God. As we take a moment and look at these names, we realize that maybe we're not alone. Because found within this list of names are people with real feelings, real emotions, and real life experiences. They all had choices that were placed before them as to whether they would serve God and whether they would not. In the same way that we have a choice every single day when we wake up, do we serve God and do we not? But even though a majority of them made some very horrible mistakes and lived life in a way that we look at and be like, "Uh, why would you do that? They're still mentioned in the Gospel of Matthew as being the lineage of Jesus. And that'll be important as we unpack this Christmas story this morning. We read all of these names and we come down to the end and we realize that it's Joseph, who's a descendant of all these people. Mary, his wife, and then Jesus. And at the very beginning of this gospel, Matthew describes a God who has an all-embracing love. And this all-embracing love is emphasized. And nothing can stand in its past because the Messiah is coming. The Messiah is coming. It doesn't matter who's come before because each and every person matters in this lineage. There is nobody who does not need this overwhelming, all-embracing love of God. And that's where Jesus shows up on the scene. Matthew chapter 1, verse 18 reads this way This is how Jesus, the Messiah, was born. His mother, Mary, was engaged to Mary Joseph. Simple story so far, right? Nothing's am- amiss here. But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. And this particular portion of scripture we often just kind of glaze over right oh yeah Mary had your baby Jesus but hold on stop and think for a moment of the wonder of what we have just read about Jesus the Messiah born to Mary through the power of the Holy Spirit now I don't think we should dwell on this to the extent that we find out the physiological processes that when no we don't have to go there But to think about this moment of purity, this moment of faithfulness, where God says, I love this people so very much that I'm sending my son to them. The divine DNA and the human DNA are blended together in this moment. And the son of God is on the scene, disguised as the son of man, come to save his people. Hold on for a moment. Mary's a teenager, right? She's betrothed to Joseph. And just so you know, this betrothal is not the same thing as an engagement today. An engagement today, there's no legal action you have to take if you were to, God forbid, break off an engagement. But in this time, their engagement legally was a marriage, although they had not consecrated their marriage and consummated their marriage in the biblical way. And here's where the story takes a twist. Matthew chapter one, verse 19. Joseph, to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man and did not want to disgrace her publicly, so he decided to break the engagement quietly. Joseph was a righteous man and didn't want to disgrace her publicly. Because in this moment, if she were to get pregnant out of wedlock, he had the legal ability to have her stoned because she had been unfaithful to their engagement. But Joseph, being a man of God, says, no, that's not how I'm going to operate with this. I, 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 I've got to figure this thing out. And maybe if we just kind of quietly, you know, Mary, it's been great. Um, but let's just go our separate ways and continue to live our lives. He doesn't want to humiliate Mary. He doesn't want to make her a, a public spectacle in any way. And so he makes up his mind about what he's going to do. You ever been in that situation? You've been faced with insurmountable circumstances and you've, okay, this is the path that I'm going to take and this is the direction I'm going. I've made up my mind. We all do that in large part in our lives. Joseph had made up his mind, but isn't it sometimes in those moments where we do make up our minds and we say, this is the direction that we need to go. God swoops in and says, whoa, hold on here a second. Let's take a moment and think about the direction that you're headed. Matthew chapter 1, verse 20. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, Do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. The angel of the Lord shows up. In Joseph's time of consternation, in the time where he's facing an insurmountable circumstance, he devises A plan. But God shows up and says, hold on, let me remind you where you're coming from, Joseph, son of David. And all of a sudden, the genealogy of Matthew turns from this list of names to this beautiful picture of reminding Joseph of where he's come from. Because the Old Testament prophets prophesied that through the line of David, a Messiah would come to this earth. And the angel of the Lord comes to Joseph and says, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within here was conceived by the Holy Spirit. Joseph, here's your part of the story. Joseph, here's where you come into context. We need your help, Joseph, because you're part of the line of promise. The promise of a Savior, the promise of Messiah, who is coming to make all things right. And here's another thing to ponder. If Joseph was the son of David and in the line of kings, wouldn't it make sense that Joseph had a rightful call to the throne himself? And he could have been king of Judah, but it was Herod that was on the throne. And maybe think in your mind's eye for a moment how Joseph was feeling as he saw another person on the throne of his family line. And he's posed with the Messiah, the king who's come to save, taking that name as well. Joseph, you've got a part to play in this. Joseph, here is your purpose. Joseph, this is how you fit into the plan. Joseph, who is Jesus to you? Here's what the angel says as it continues on in verse 21. She will have a son, speaking of Mary, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Joseph, who is Jesus to you? Joseph, here's the plan. You've come, you've been a son of David. You are a son of David. The Messiah is on the throne. And though you're not the biological father of the Savior of the world, Joseph, there is a son coming and you need to name him Jesus. I want to dwell on that particular portion for a moment. She will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus. A better translation, this is out of the New Living Translation, which I think is a fantastic one. But I, right here, I don't think they quite get it right. You are to name him Jesus. A better translation would be, you will name him Jesus. And not to get into the, the throes of Greek language. I know we've got some theology majors in the room. We can talk later about that. But this particular verb that's used to talk about Jesus being named Jesus... It's almost a prophecy in and of itself because the angel is inviting Joseph to name Jesus. It was Joseph's place to name his son and then bring him into standing within the family. But notice the angel says, he will save his people from their sins. Not only will you name him Jesus as a baby. But you'll look at your son in years to come and know for sure that Jesus, meaning he will save his people from their sins, you get to name Jesus again because you will see his name fulfilled in his life. Joseph, not only will you name this baby boy Jesus, but you are naming him so that others will know that our God saves. In this message From the manger, we come to find that Jesus is our Savior. Jesus is the one who saves. Not only Joseph called Jesus, Jesus, but we get to call Jesus, Jesus as well. Michael Green in the message of Matthew, a commentary on the book of Matthew puts it this way. He has come for the specific purpose of rescuing them from the mess they have gotten themselves into. And boy, have we gotten ourselves into a mess. Okay, maybe it's just me. Christianity is not good advice about morals. It is good news about God and what he has done for us. Jesus, the Messiah, the one who will save his people from their sins, is on the scene. The baby, Jesus, don't know how it's going to make sense, don't know how it's all going to work out, but he's on the scene. Matthew continues on, verses 22 and 23. All of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophets. Look, the virgin will conceive a child, she will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with And we're going to take some time next week to look at what that name means, Emmanuel, God with us. We can't dwell long there today because here is how Joseph responds. Matthew chapter 1, verses 24 through 25. When Joseph woke up from that dream that angel has come to him, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded and took Mary as his wife. He didn't have sexual relations with her until her son was born. And Joseph named him Jesus. Who's Jesus to you? Because for Joseph, Jesus could have been an enemy, could have been somebody that was vying for a position that he could have had. Joseph kind of fades into the background of this story. He's not the biological father, but God invites him into the story says though this son is not biologically yours i'm asking you to claim him as your own to raise him with mary so that people will know about my salvation who is jesus to you because when joseph realized the significance of the moment he wakes up from the dream and he did what the angel commanded who is jesus to you see your savior See, the one that you call upon in the difficult times that we face. You got him on speed dial? Jesus is the one who will save his people. And here's the beautiful part about all of that. Is that God uses broken and messed up people to bring about the salvation of the world. Because remember in that list of who's who and who's not, there's a bunch of people that made bad decisions that were this and that in life. But God says, that does not matter because I'm sending a son to the world to save my people from their sins. So today as we've taken a look at the opening of the Christmas story, Matthew chapter one, I encourage you to think about the question, who is Jesus to you? He's calling out to you from that manger that Jesus who's the savior of the world, he's saying, I'm going to die for you. I love you so much, I'm going to save you. He's calling out to you, and you today may not feel worthy. You may feel like, oh, there's some, there's some things that I've done that, there's no way Jesus is going to accept me. There's some things I've got to straighten out in my life before I come to Jesus. When I come to Jesus, then, then I'll get things figured out. The invitation from the manger today, the message from the manger, is that Jesus died to save his people from their sins. Who is Jesus to you? Is he that Savior? Is he the one that died to save your sins, even you? I invite you today to take some time to dwell in Matthew chapter 1. Look at who Jesus is. Take some time to get to know him. Because seeing the example, the people that have come before Jesus, the line that he's come from. Jesus loves you. No matter where you come from, no matter who you are, no matter what you've done, Jesus came for your salvation. And that's what we celebrate this year. Chris is going to sing a song for us and play the piano. It's a song called, O Come All Ye Unfaithful. I want to share some of the lyrics with you as he comes up and gets set to do that. Oh come all you unfaithful, come weak and unstable, come No, you are not alone. Oh come barren and waiting ones, weary of praying, come see what God has done. Oh come bitter and broken, come with fears unspoken, come taste of his perfect love. Oh come guilty and hidey ones, there is no need to run See what God has done. He's the lamb who was given, slain for our pardon. His promise is peace for those who believe. So come though you have nothing. Come, he is the offering. Come see what God has done. Who is Jesus to you?
1: What an awesome message. Thank you so much for tuning in this week. And I just want to remind you to be on the lookout for retake, it'll be just a couple days and you will be able to hear an awesome conversation between Michael and I, super duper excited. Stay tuned for more awesome messages.
0: Thank you for listening. Elevate Retake is recorded weekly at Elevate, a community fellowship of Keene Church. Our audio is captured by Blake Snyder. Sound design and editing are done by Shane Miosi and Inspire Productions. Executive producers are Michael Gibson and Jonathan Coker. Our host is Taylor Weaver. Our team includes Evelyn Alanis, Candice McCormick, Simu Siologa, Alicia Galvan, Emily Weaver, Zandria Andrade, Megan Metzner, and AJ Adams. Special thanks to 88.3 KJRN and the Keen Church Media Team. You can find Elevate on Instagram at thisiselevatetx. For more about Elevate Community Fellowship, visit thisiselevate.org. Currently, our services are live streamed every Saturday morning at 10 a.m. Central Time at thisiselevate.org forward slash live. We'd love to have you join us. There's always room for one
1: more.